What's going on, guys? AJ here back again, bringing you yet another episode of the E1B2 Collective Podcast. I want to share a quick thought for you folks that I think you guys will really appreciate and respect. Um, I was listening to some Keith Ferrazzi, as you guys know that I often do, and he was talking about something that I think I definitely resonate with from my collegiate football days, my high school football days, um, just my natural personality and, and, and how I interact with friends and colleagues and family members and something that I've implemented inside of my own brands and something that I've definitely took, uh, took from, from Keith and implemented into my, um, into my overall methodology and, and way that I went about my work as a head of people. He mentioned a, a, an opinion around high-performing teams. And what he was talking about is that he believes in startup cultures small businesses, and then he even talked about like big, big, big businesses as well. So pretty much every freaking business that we know of. Um, He said that he believes there's a large quantity of employees that, and we can get into, and I love that Gary Vee does this, we can get into, you know, the reasons behind this, whether it's personal development, self-awareness, parenting issues, um, just the, the 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 overall issues in the state of like the human race today. We could kind of get into um, that in another conversation in another podcast. But to to loop back to what I'm really talking about is here. He Keith was mentioning that whatever the reason is, again, all the Gary Vee stuff that I was talking about the human race. You know, whatever the reasons are, he felt that in a lot of the companies that he interacts with and that he works with and that he sees on a consistent and ongoing basis, many employees inside the org are very head down and focused on making sure their tasks, their role, the expectations that are connected to their tasks and role, their overall output is at a high level and they're very selfish and closed off and very lasered in around that output, around that focus, all the way to the point where if anyone around them even folks they directly work with within a small team of six or eight, they don't personally have any vested interest or desire to make sure that that other person is also playing at a high level. And he was talking about how that should not only be, not only is that like not a good idea that folks are incredibly, like if you really look at it, right? Let me me stop talking so like technical. Let me just be really straight up with you guys. If you really look at the human race, and if you really look at why I believe we've survived so long, it's because we've genuinely helped each other out, even though it looks like we haven't, right? Like, even though there's so much racial issues in this world, even though there's so many discrepancies, even though there's so much, you know, brutal hate that has been happening throughout, you know, the BC times and the 1400s, 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, 1900s, 1900s, into the 2000s. And now in, in the in the 2010s and 20s, even though there's been so much shit that has happened that has devised us and that has separated us, if you really open up the hood, the reason why I believe the human race is still here is because we do have it in ourselves. We do have the ability to genuinely help, to care about others around us more than we maybe care about ourselves or equally as much as we care about ourselves. We have that in us. We have the ability to do that. And so what Keith was talking about is that we as human beings, we need to tap into that ability. And when you look at the greatest and the most productive, high-performing teams in a work environment, in a business, in a sports environment, 
in a, um, in a family environment, in a friend environment, in a partnership, personally, sexually even. I don't want to even get into that. Your job is not only to make sure that you're doing your part. Your job is to also making sure that you can support your partner, your friend, your colleague, your teammate when they are not doing their part. And it's also your job to understand why they're not doing their part. And so the final point that Keith Ferrazzi was making was that at a high level, we should be recognizing that this is an issue across many organizations. And the fact that those things are not happening can be directly pointed towards why change doesn't occur. Why teams are not, you know, acting at a high level and why inevitably finances are not growing and why organizations are not scaling. And so let me break this down in simplistic forms and terms where policies and best practices and infrastructure can be presented. Number one, a policy that I believe should exist is if any manager, fuck that, if any human being in a team knows that their teammates are struggling to understand and grasp an initiative, a task, or having difficulties at home, or having difficulties with time and task management, or having difficulties grasping a certain concept, thus the lack of their ability to grasp that concept has put them in a situation where they're now struggling to apply, again, the best practices that they need to apply for their, for their particular role. If a human being in a team knows that, I believe a policy that should be implemented is if you know that is true and you do not do anything about it, a.k.a. you are tangibly not jumping in and helping them, reaching out your hand, spending some time establishing a one on one, setting up some time to really give that give that person all the information that you have, whether that's asynchronous or whether that's in a collaborative state. If you don't do that, I believe that should be a knock and a dock and a hit to your overall level of productivity and the points of views leaders will have of you within the organization. I believe that is not a great example of you being a leader, thus you will not have the ability if that is an ongoing behavior to ever become a leader. And I believe throughout time, if you wanna have a very productive and high level team, at some point that individual will be removed from the org. Now, that is not happening in most organizations. Let's just call it what it is. I did a little pause there for you guys to really let that settle in. That's happening with the Patriots, or it did happen with the Patriots. The Patriots suck now. That's happening with the with that's happening with every single offensive line in the NFL. Every so every single offensive line in the NFL and every single high level quarterback in the NFL, anytime someone is struggling to do their job, even though they may, they may be doing their job, they jump down. And they tangibly help and they figure out contextually to that person why they are struggling and they get outside of their own self and they jump into that human being's body, their mind, their values, their lack thereof, competence, and they figure out a way to support that person. They dive deep into empathy at a real level. That is a sign of a great leader. That is a sign of a great teammate. That is a sign of If you have a collective of those folks, that is a sign of a great high-performing team. And so when you look at the elements of high-performing teams, accountability structures, communication norms, um, um, 
respecting diverse opinions and, and executions and workflows and thoughts, um, brainstorming times, um, feedback, uh, feedback infrastructure. When you look at all the elements and all the pillars and all the moving parts that are connected to a hobby performing team, when you really open up the hood at the core of great feedback, at the core of a great accountability structures, at the core of having diversity of thought and diversity of execution and workflow, at the core of the brainstorming sessions, at the core of the collaboration moments, at the core of all of that is empathy. At the core of all of that is being able to step outside of yourself, even though you may get the information, you may know what you want to bring to the table and making sure your partner, your counterpart also understands what he or she is doing. Also understands the value that he or she can bring to the table and making sure they're comfortable in that process. It's the same in a marriage. It's the same in a friendship. It is the same in sex. And I don't want to get too explicit for you guys. But if one person in a sexual encounter is doing their part, a.k.a. doing a great job of trying to please the other person, a good sex partner makes sure the other person is comfortable, awake, aware, focused, to also provide that same feeling back. It should, ne it should never be one-sided. And so when you really look inside of an organization and you look at a marketing team, to run a great marketing ad via a LinkedIn or a Facebook ad or maybe even a commercial in an old school state or an influencer marketing campaign or putting together great content, the videographer cannot be off-putting or not on the same page with the content strategist. The content strategist cannot be on a different page than the copywriter. The copywriter cannot be on a different page than the individual that's responsible for running the ad. Um, the, the person running the ad cannot be on the different page with the CMO who's looking over everyone. Everyone has to be on the same page. Everyone has to understand everything that is happening and everyone has to respect each other's differences and points of views. And everyone has to make sure that if someone needs to reach back and open other hand and wait for another hand to fall into their fingers and, and clasp those fingers and pull them back up. <clears throat> if that is what needs to happen to get folks back on track, that should be what happens. The punchline is what is actually happening today is the copywriter saying, I know my copy's great. I know what I'm doing is great. I'm not sure what the strategist over there is doing. I'm not sure what the person over here running the Facebook ad is doing. I'm not sure what the person running the LinkedIn ad is doing. I'm not sure what the CMO is thinking overall. But I know my copywriting is great, and so I'm going to make sure my copy is outlined. It's in the, it's in the Google Drive. Mike, I've done my part. Let me step back. I'm heading out to happy hour. I'm heading out to hang out with my fiance. I'm hanging out to do what I need to do. Matter of fact, I'm on to the next copy that I need to write. You know what a great copywriter does? A great teammate does? You know what a high-performing team does? A great copywriter goes over to the product team and they say, hey, I noticed there's a couple issues here. Maybe the product's not done. Maybe there's some, you know, whatever, whatever's happening in the product team. They're saying, hey, what can I do to help? What can I do to share my insights, my thoughts, my perspectives on the product of how I got to my copywriting? What can I do to get you on the same page? What can I do to help you get off the ground? A great copywriter that's in a high-performing team is never selfish. 
A great copywriter that's in a high-performing team is never thinking about him or herself in an exclusive moment. A great copywriter, matter of fact, will wait until everyone has all of their shit together and will be a part of the process of getting their shit together. You don't move unless everyone else is ready to move. That's what happens in the military. That's what happens in a great family. That's what happens in a great relationship. That's what happens with great friends. That's what happens in great sex. That is what happens in life when you want to be high performing. And so for me, what I want to see more organizations do, for me, what I want to see more leaders do is have policies and best practices. So number one, say, hey, copywriter that's selfish over there, we don't do that here. Let me show you a few tactics for how you can walk over to your folks over at the marketing strategy. You can walk over to your folks over there that's developing the product. You can walk over to your folks that are over there handling the influencer marketing campaign and you can assist them. Because obviously you get what we're trying to do here, but they don't. And what you're not going to do is you're not going to stand over on the side there and act like you have all your shit together. You're going to support them as well. By supporting them, you're going to build emotional glue. By supporting them, you may make a new friend. By supporting them, you're going to be able to get your job done faster. Because the faster you can help them out is the faster that the world can read and comprehend and consume your great copywriting. AKA the faster you can actually grow through this company as well. And the faster your work can be recognized by the world. So with them, you can actually accomplish your goals. And if you can do that, and if you can do that consistently, me being a leader, I will look at you in a different light, and I will then look at your compensation, I will look at your bonus structures, I will look at your role here, and we can talk about future aspirations within this organization. But if that is something you cannot do, and it is an ongoing trend, you will no longer be in this organization. That is a fact, not an opinion. That is a fact where my foot is being put down. This is not a hovering of my foot. This is a foot that is planted and cement built around my ankle, and I'm never moving off this perspective. If you try to push me off of this perspective, my knee and my leg will literally break, and that is something that can never happen because I am not allowing my knees or my ankles to break. I know that was a little bit of an exaggerating statement here, but you guys get my point. The point what I'm trying to make is, I don't understand, and Keith obviously does not understand, why so many organizations are watching this happen. This happens all the time in the teams that I'm running. I'll have a partner that has her part done, ready to go. It could be a process. It could be the recruiting of a new team member. It could be, um, it could be a deck designed for a new pitch that we have. She's ready to go. She's done her part. I'm struggling for some reason. They may say, what are you struggling in? I'm struggling get us, getting, us, getting us in front of new clients, new partners, new collaborators. I'm struggling figuring out how to take what you put in the copy and push it through a LinkedIn quick little post to try to attract new partners, try to tr- attract new clients. I'm struggling to be a great partner here, to be a great employee here, to be a great entrepreneur. I am struggling. And if me and my partners and my partners and I are not on the same page, if my partners are not willing to say, how can I understand what you're struggling with and give you as much value as I can? And not only that, I will pause what I'm doing and join you 
I may not be the best person that can help you, but I will do whatever I can. I will research things for you. I will send you links. I will send you podcasts. I will research things myself and give you those insights. I will sit down with you and and have one-on-ones. I will figure out a way how to make your job easier and better, even though my part is done. That's a great teammate. That's a great leader. That's a great partner. And if that's something that, again, and I'll make this very clear, if a head of people is listening, if a head of any department is listening, if a manager is listening, if a supervisor is listening, if a lead is listening, and you are managing one, three, seven, eight, 12, 15, 20, 50, 100 folks, I don't care how many, make this a policy. Put some parameters and frameworks around it. Make it a three-strike rule, a five-strike rule. Put learning and development trainings in place around it. Put out communications and internal communication format around it. I advise any company on an ongoing basis, probably on a monthly basis, to make that statement public. It could be in a podcast format where a leader of a team makes a five-minute episode where he or she's just ranting about how we will stand together and band together in tangible examples of how to do that. I don't care how you get there, but make it clear that this is what it's going to be. Make it clear that you are willing to help them get to that path. And if you're a leader and you're noticing someone that's struggling to get on board with this collaborative mindset that we all have that's connected to a high-performing team, don't react and get crazy. Don't Don't look at them in a negative light. Have empathy for where they're coming from and how they're viewing and experiencing the the situation. And apply some tactics. Step one, have a nice conversation. Understand where they're coming from. Understand where the selfishness is derived from. And respect that. Number two, explain to them a new way of how things can go. Number three, be there every single turn where they are attempting to make the change. Step four, support the change. Support the moments when they attempt and then they fail. Step five, do anything in your power to contextualize the change around them. And what I mean by that, what I mean by that is if you notice that it is easier for them to work with someone they get along with naturally first to make the change more of a habit, a.k.a. a friend that's already on the team or maybe with you, start putting little test examples in place for the change to become a little bit more natural to them. But at the end of the day, step six and seven and eight is at some point, this person has to get it. And if they don't get it, you as a leader, I don't want you to continually just ignore these things. I don't care if they're successful. I don't care if they're doing their part. The worst thing you can do is ignore this behavior. Because when you ignore this behavior, let me give you the punchline. When you ignore this behavior. And you have individuals inside of your organization that are just not getting it. And I'm not talking about the folks that are not getting it around wanting to help out. Not getting it meaning folks that are just struggling a bit. When you have folks that are struggling a bit, that are inside of a team of 8 or 12 or 15, and you don't have anyone else in your organization in that team to look to their right and help that person out. You know what could possibly happen? That person can consistently not be producing well. That lack of producing can be connected to 
a decrease of revenue, a decrease of success, a decrease of, of whatever, their morale is now depleted. Their energy is now depleted. Their engagement is now depleted. Their points of views of themselves is now depleted. Their ability to feel safe and comfortable reaching out to folks that they work with is no longer there. You as a leader of the organization, you're a busy man, you're a busy woman, you are busy. And so now you are struggling to look at them in in the right light. And now you fire them or they just quit. But maybe, and I'm sure this has happened at scale, maybe before that person got to that inevitable point, the breaking point, that person was engaged. That person was fully capable. They just needed a tweak or two. They just needed a helping hand. And if you had had the policies, the infrastructure, the processes in place to remove anyone that was not willing to give that person a helping hand and to put folks that are, are willing to give that person a helping hand in place, that could have been your most engaged, your most productive, your most innovative employee. But now they're walking out the fucking door. It's the, it's the money that we don't see. It's the productivity that we don't see. It's the data that we can't count that actually bothers me the most. It's the success that we can't point to that bothers me the most. It's the unknown that bothers me the most. I don't like it. It feels uncomfortable. But the unknown that I can get comfortable with is when I know I did everything in my power to put an inclusive and equitable and diverse and safe culture. And there's many attempts and many processes and many policies and many things that I can do to get to that point. It's when I know I could have done more. And I saw somebody that I know was capable, that I know was engaged, walk out the door. That pisses me off more about what that person could have been or what that person could have done or how much more money that person could have generated. Than having a team of folks that are generating, that are doing great and looking at those numbers and thinking that's the scale of what this organization can be. I'm always thinking proactive. I'm always willing to do 18 different things to make it work. I'm never going to be reactive. I'm never going to be closed-minded. I'm never going to accept and allow a lack of support, a lack of love, a lack of someone respecting diet. You know what? You know, this is the last thing, and I'm going to end this because this is getting long now. You know what really chaps my ass? It's that um, we have people screaming about diversity, equity, and inclusion these days. Those same people that are screaming about diversity, equity, and inclusion are the same motherfuckers that are willing, and I had to drop the mother effer word. I apologize. They're the same, I'll say it again. They're the same motherfuckers that are willing and are consistently judging Someone that has a different execution style or someone that has a different point of view around whatever they're working on and are not willing to bend or mold or shift that point of view. But they're the same people that are screaming at the top of the mountains that we need more diversity, equity and inclusion. When you're the exact same motherfucker that are not making that person feel equitable or inclusive. Just because that idea you don't get first off because of where you come from doesn't mean it's not a great idea. Just because that person is struggling to do something that is easy for you doesn't mean that person is not capable. 
These are my thoughts. These are my perspectives. Think about it.